Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Jennifer Butner. Jennifer is a nurse and an author. She has written five books, and her most recent book, When a Nurse Prays, has just recently come out uh, hot off the presses. So, Jennifer, it is an honor to have you here today. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, we got introduced through my sister in law, Meredith Wilson. And, you know, it was interesting because. You, you sent me a copy of the book the other day, and, and I haven't been able to read the whole thing, but the parts that I did read, I saw that, that she's actually got not only an acknowledgement in the book, but then also uh, testimony in the book. So that's pretty exciting. Yes, uh, I think that's kind of what inspired a lot of it was just um, some of the real life testimonies that I've seen working in the field. Well, I think that it's extremely powerful, you know, as you and I were talking the other day, We've got a, a, a mighty weapon that is the power of prayer. And I just saw a statistic uh, earlier this week that one in five healthcare professionals have quit their job over the last two years. And, and obviously, we know we're in the, the middle of a pandemic still, uh, you know, right around the, the two year mark. And the, the reality is uh, some things have gotten better, some things have gotten worse. And in the compounded stress, the compounded uh, just pressure that healthcare workers have been under through this entire season, you know, it, it's extremely important that that every weapon available is deployed in order to fight in this battle. And and the reality is, uh, it's not just a physical battle; it's also an emotional battle, and it's also very much a spiritual battle. You know this firsthand. And, you know, kind of bring us into the lens of, you know, what were you looking at? What were you seeing? Why did you decide to to write this book versus the, the other books, which is, have basically been practical applications, um, you know, kind of how to guides for nurses. And this one's uh, definitely uh, in a different realm. Yes, um, I guess because um, it all started maybe. Maybe about four years ago, I was actually uh, taking care of, we were as a team taking care of an 18-year-old girl and she was in full cardiac arrest. And I had been a nurse for like 19 years at that point, mostly all pretty much all in the emergency room. And, you know, I've seen a lot, but we were taking care of her. And um, I was, there's a lot of roles on the team when somebody is getting CPR. Uh, one nurse will be giving medicines and one, one person will be doing compressions and someone's breathing. And one of the assignments is to uh, stay with the family, which is emotionally uh, difficult. So uh, I volunteered to be that person. And I'm a mother you know, I was trying to explain to her what was happening, that her, we were trying to restart her heart and we were giving her these medicines to try and restart her heart and we were breathing for her and just the devastation in her eyes. I just wanted to give her something more than what we always do. And, um, I just felt 
this gut instinct that I should, I should ask her if she wanted me to pray with her and try as I might, like I couldn't, I couldn't fight that feeling. And, um, and my background, I hadn't had a lot of experience praying with people out loud. And I was, I feel kind of, you know, young or inexperienced in prayer. I had a lot of experience with emergency nursing. I know all of the algorithms for saving someone's life. And I can tell you all the medicines and what they used for, but praying was just not uh, a strong weapon that I had learned to use. And so I just went ahead and asked her and part of me just kind of hoped she was going to say no, because I didn't know what I was going to say. And um, she pleaded for me to pray with her. And so I did. And the words just came and I prayed for the Holy Spirit to be present. And I prayed for, you know, God to be with our team to help them be wise enough and uh, to give them the tools. And I prayed for her peace and comfort. And it still didn't look good after our prayer and continued work. And we had been working on her for a very long time. And at this point, the chances of her coming back are so slim. And I know it. Everyone in the room knows it. We're almost at the end of the algorithm, meaning there's nothing really left to do. And uh, her niece comes in and she's like, let's pray again. So here we are, these three strangers standing in the room, praying for something as heavy as life and death. And uh, I feel very inexperienced in this. And um, afterwards, we got a pulse back and everyone in the room was completely surprised and shocked and amazed. Even afterwards, my medical director came up to me and was like, I was praying too. And I didn't even know he was a praying person. And um, afterwards, I realized I had been missing out my whole career. No one had taught me that this was a a weapon, a thing that I could use uh, with my patients and I could connect with them on such a deeper level. And um, I honestly just felt like I had been missing out and I wanted to, I had learned how to do all my other skills really well. And I was like, well, I want to learn how to do this skill really well. And the more I talked to people, uh, I found out some amazing stories from patients and other healthcare workers and I realized we really have been missing out. When I looked back at all my schooling and I asked them about their schooling, none of us were taught how to pray in school. Um, and we all agree that, you know, the, the human being is made up of a physical and a mental and a spiritual, but we only address the physical and the mental. And the spiritual is just like this box that we put on a shelf and we just... You know, we bring it out for special occasions if only the patient requests and we don't really know what to do with it, but it's so powerful. And I guess in that moment, I realized just how powerful it was. And I just, I realized where has this been my entire life? And I just um, felt like God wanted me to write this because I've written other books and I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, share and maybe other nurses can learn too. And we can all go forth and treat people the way we used to originally, very holistically. Well, I think that that's extremely powerful. And uh, I think it's it's extremely important that people understand that that we are spiritual beings. And, and our spirit was around before we arrived on this earth. And, and our spirit is inside of our flesh. But when we 
depart this earth, you know, our spirit will live on. And, and so that spiritual aspect, you know, so often that is, I mean, that can lead to physical problems if the spirit is sick, if the spirit is, you know, dealing with, with issues. Uh, and so sometimes we're treating symptoms instead of trying to address the, the spiritual components of that. And, um, you know, so I think that that's, that's extremely important, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, just yesterday I was talking to uh, a friend and client and we were on the phone and he played golf and I said, you know, how was your golf game? And he said, well, you know, uh, I hadn't played in a few months because I've, I've had, uh, kind of, you know, golfer's elbow and, and tendonitis and, and it's been a problem. So, you know, I, I felt kind of good about it. Uh, but you know, I didn't play great. I didn't play bad. And I said, well, well, how does your, your elbow feel now? And he was like, well, it's, it's sore and it's tight. And he was like, so I just need to rest it. I said, or we could pray for healing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so we're over the phone. And so I just prayed for the Lord to heal him and to bind the pain and to loose healing in his elbow and in, in his, you know, tendons in his lig- ligaments and, and to bind the tendonitis and, uh, he was like, wow, it, it feels good afterwards. And, you know, he sent me an email afterwards as a follow-up and he was like, you know what, my, my arm feels awesome. You know, so we've got the ability to change situations all around us. You're doing it in nursing situations. You know, I do it in business situations. I do it at the gym, like wherever, wherever, whenever, if there is a physical or a spiritual need, I know that Jesus can address those things and he wants to partner with us. So it is really exciting. And this was a Bible believing Christian leader here in our city. And, and he didn't even think to do something like that. So I think there are a lot of believers out there, even followers of Jesus that don't utilize the greatest weapon that, that God gave us. So you know, from that standpoint, you write this book and you you start down this journey. And as you're starting to share these testimonies with people, as you're starting to share that that this is what you know you're you're deciding to do, what what's the feedback look like? Uh, I'm sure there's been some resistance, but I'm also sure that there have been people that say that's pretty awesome. What what's that look like? Yeah, I think um, I guess the more corporately you go. Uh, they're a little standoffish. Uh, they're like, that's, you know, they're not sure they can wrap their brain around that. It sounds a little too, you know, not scientific. And I work, you know, healthcare can be a very scientific community. Um, however, my colleagues that are right there, elbow to elbow, and it's, um, some of them have seen firsthand, you know, what I, I'm talking about. And, it's just the strangest thing. Like we never share those stories. Uh, I guess for fear that people might think that you're weird or that, uh, well, that doesn't make sense. You can't explain it. You know, it was, you know, it was, there was a tumor before and now there isn't one or, you know, they were in so much pain and now they're not. And it doesn't make any sense because you can't scientifically prove it. However, you know, some of my colleagues who have seen it are just like, yes, this is amazing. This is what we need. And it's so inspirational. And I think that the more that we share these stories, the more 
um, and we inspire each other, like the more God can show up and uh, do great things if we're just willing to not be afraid what people will think of us. Um, and then God gets the glory for it. And it's just beautiful. Well, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, you know, that's Revelations 19.10, or at least a part of Revelations 19.10. And so that means when Jesus has done something and we share what Jesus has done, it's an opportunity for him to do it again. It's an opportunity for him to replicate that in the future. And so, you know, again, in, in America, we don't share these things enough. Uh, right. Long ago, they used to share these things. And then, you know, the scientific community, the critical thinkers of the world, you know, they, the, the highly intelligent, oh, well, we just can't believe in all this stuff because we can't prove it. You know, we, we can't see it. We can't wrap our minds around it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, God created science. God gave us brains to think critically, but he's also God. And, and so when we try to limit what God is capable of with our finite minds, he is an infinite God full of power, full of you know, authority and, and the ability to do whatever he wants. And you know, so when you limit him to your own mind and your own belief, you're really hindering the capabilities that, that he has. I mean, I've seen things that cannot be explained in the natural but I've just tried to stop figuring it out. And, and the more I stop figuring it out, the more I see God move. So that is really exciting. And, and I do think that, you know, you, you go back to that statistic of all these people that are leaving the field. What if they had this as, you know, not only did, were they educated that, that they could do this, but number two, what if it were encouraged Hey, pray for these people and let's see what happens. How many of those people, maybe they didn't end up on ventilators. Maybe they didn't end up, you know, uh, in critical situations. Maybe they, I mean, I've, I've prayed for people with COVID and they've been healed. You know, I, I've prayed for people with, with all different types of ailments and they've been healed. And, you know, so I just, I think that, that if that were something that they were able to utilize, then maybe that one in five you know, maybe that number would be dramatically reduced because, you know, the overwhelming aspect of, you know, you know, that, that there's only so much, you know, medicine can do. There's, there's only so much that, that man can do. And when you get to the end of man and medicine, then your next alternative is death. That's when Jesus can step in and do miraculous stuff. Like you saw with the girl that was coding. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. Why do you think the medical community that they, do you think it's a lack of education or do you think it's um, just because they can't explain it? 
Um, I do think that it's a lack of education because I've done, I've on my own, I've done a lot of reading and learning and just uh, talking to others who are really good at prayer, just trying to learn for myself. And I feel like if I had been taught this skill or if others were taught this skill, it wouldn't feel so foreign, you know, because it would be just like, oh, okay, just like you could start this IV, you can also pray with somebody because now I've shown you how, right? So I can teach you a skill on how to how to start an IV and I can teach you a skill on how to pray with people. And it's not a hard skill. It doesn't require any equipment or any money, you know, and it's such a, I think maybe it's too simple, you know, it's the scientific community is looking for something very complex and you can write a research paper and have all this data, which interestingly enough, I have uh, in my studies found that they have done research on patients who received prayer and patients who did not. And guess what the research shows? scientifically, that these patients who were prayed for uh, had better outcomes, healed faster um, than those who were not, and uh, different studies. And then there was one when they compared praying in person with laying your hands on and um, praying remotely. And those who had the prayer with their hands on in person uh, had better outcomes than those had the remote intercessory prayers. So there is like scientific research that it does help your patients heal faster. And, you know, when you bring it up, most medical people won't disagree with you. They just are not comfortable with it. And I think that the more like we can just do it and show like it won't feel so weird to people. And I it makes me smile sometimes when I see my colleagues praying with people like as I'm walking by, because I don't know, maybe just because I had the courage to just pray when I wasn't feeling experienced, maybe. Um, maybe it encouraged others just to try it as well. And I think that if we just got to that, and I will tell you that this praying with my patients has given me purpose in, in a time of my career like no other when, you know, I, I have gone through days where I got home and I'm like, this is impossible. Like, I'm so glad that we serve a God of the impossible because this right here is impossible. And I don't even know how we did what we did even just last month. Um, but when I go to work and I pray with my patients or even other people's patients, um, it just gives me a whole purpose of, you know, why I'm here. And uh, you get this, it's, I can't even put it in words, the bond that I get to experience with my patients is like no other. And they come out, gosh, you know, appreciative. And they know deep down in their core that uh, I showed them like a caring, like I could not do in any other way, you know, that they truly feel cared for when you pray with them. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, I met my dad and my brother and my nephew on Sunday, and, and I was just sharing them some testimonies of, of, some people that had gotten healed over the weekend, you know, just praying for them in various situations. And my dad is, is usually just, Hmm, you know, doesn't really know what to do with it, but his friend has terminal cancer and it's, it's one of his best friends from, you know, a long time. And he said, will you call and pray for him? And I said, absolutely. So last night 
you know, I called his friend and and we talked and and we prayed and I just I shared testimony with him and I prayed full of faith that, that God can heal him. And, and again, like if God doesn't step in, man has no answers. The doctors have no answers at the place that he's at with this cancer. It's metastasizing his body. If Jesus doesn't perform a miracle, which Jesus still performs, then man has no solution. So when you call and, and pray with somebody or, or somebody's, you know, on a bed in front of you and, and you're praying for them and, and the doctors have already given them a report, hey, it's out of our hands. You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Jesus heals them and they, you know, get set free from whatever, you know, that, and they're going to feel loved. They're going to feel cared for. And And at the end of the day, you know, I think people are so concerned with with what if it doesn't work? Well, you know, doing nothing, like you already know what the result's going to be. So why not step out in faith and just believe that that God is a healer, that Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross, that it's already finished as he says it was, and, and by his stripes, they are healed. And so from that standpoint, when we pray at that point, like whether they get healed or not, you know, that's not up to me. That's not up to you. It's it's our duty to pray with these people with belief that God will do what he says he will do. And if they get healed, praise God. That was all him. If they don't get healed, praise God. He's still a good God. Uh, you know, but the over and over and over when I pray for people, sometimes they do get healed. A lot of times lately they, they get healed, but um, sometimes they don't. But at the end, hey, thank you so much for praying for. I really, I appreciate you doing that. Sometimes they've got tears in their eyes. They didn't get healed, but they just they felt love, you know. Yes. And and so we can bring Jesus, who is the only provider of hope in this world. You look at all the craziness that's going on in this world. Jesus is the only true hope that anybody can ever find. And when we pray, because we love the person that's in front of us, whether we know him well or not. You know, it's I think that it injects hope into situations where otherwise, like, where would it come from? So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, as you're getting this message out, you know, how are you letting people know? Uh, are are they letting you do you know training at the at the hospital or is it just word of mouth or you're just letting them, hey, I wrote this book here, uh, take it home and read it. Or what, what does that look like? Um, you know, when I set out to write this book and even breaking into the Christian book uh, publishing field is 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 tough. Uh, I belong to like uh, Authors Guild Association of, of Writers. And as I was writing this, I was very discouraged because they were like, well, you know, breaking into the Christian book industry is, is really hard because there's so many. And um and I was like, well, Lord, you put this in my heart and I'm just going to be obedient and I'm going to do it. And you, Lord, are going to do whatever you want with it. And um, and so far he is. He is. And he he continues to. I mean, even people are just stopping me, my neighbors that I don't see all the time or just, uh, I don't know, I'm, random people are just stopping me and, and congratulating me on my book and um People are have pre-ordered it and are very excited to read it. And um, I just, I don't know. I know that God is moving and I'm not, I'm not worried. I just know that he's, he asked me to do this and he's going to do whatever he wants with it and share it. Now I do take my opportunities whenever I can at work 
to pray. And I have been given a platform where I'm in education. So I get to um, teach a bunch of new ER nurses three times a year. And at the end of the residency program, I always like to ask them if it's okay um, if I pray over them, um, especially in these last couple of years. I have not had any class members tell me no. And then I do encourage them that, and I remind them that the Joint Commission does require hospitals to do spiritual assessments on their patients, even though Uh, I don't know about you, but I've never had a spiritual assessment performed on me when I was in the hospital, and I personally have not uh, been given a form to perform a spiritual assessment on any of my patients in the last 22 years. Um, So it's not wrong for you to ask somebody if they would like you to pray with them because the Joint Commission, which is our accrediting body for the hospitals, does require it. And so... Um, And if a patient tells you no, then by all means, be respectful. But if they say yes, then, you know, that's an opportunity for you to have this amazing bond. And, you know, after I I pray over my students, you know, I pray pray for them because just in general, it's been an impossible season. And I can't even imagine as a, what we call a baby nurse coming up into this, this pandemic, the way they have, um, you know, and it is, the statistics are not wrong. You know, one in five leaving, it's, it feels, uh, that makes it even all the more difficult to keep doing what we're doing. But I feel like God has just um, put this in my heart to maybe help others find their purpose too. Well, the the thing that, that you just touched on, I think is extremely important. And I want our listeners to understand that, you know, when we're praying for people, we're not forcing our beliefs on anyone. Uh, you know, right. you always ask, can I pray for you? And, you know, the interesting thing is I, I have a handful of people, you know, over several years of, of doing this say, no, I'm good. And and I respect that. And, and I walk away from them and I still pray for them. You know, so I don't pray with them. I pray for them, you know, at a distance. You know, so nobody can ever stop you from praying. But at the same time, you know, we want to respect, you know, we, we put it out there. And if somebody is receptive, then you do that. But at the same time, more often than not, I would say probably 95 or greater percent of the time, people are going to say, please do. You know, they they desperately want somebody to pray with them. A lot of times they don't know what to pray for. They don't know uh, how to do it. And, you know, there are a lot of pastors that are not pastoring these days. You know, there are a lot of churches where people aren't attending to, to receive prayer that they would have typically received, you know, on a Sunday, you know, they, they're not going to church, they're watching online, they're doing these things, they're trying to handle things on their own. And, you know, then they end up in a hospital room. Yes, they're desperate for some prayer. They, they end up in, you know, stressful situations. Yes, they're desperate for prayer. And, you know, I've got a friend who, you know, he's been coming to church with me for five and a half years. Well, We've been friends for five and a half years. He's been coming to church with me for about five years, but an avowed devil worshiper. He has not surrendered his heart to Jesus, but he continues to come to church. Every time he gets out of my car, I lay hands on him and I pray for him, you know, often holding his hand. And, you know, this is a a guy that you would think absolutely no way. You know, people told me he's never going to go to church with you. You know, he's not going to let you pray for him. And every single time he never says no. Early on he did, but but now 
he allows me to pray for him. And, you know, have we gotten to where, you know, his life has changed? No, but he's still receptive to prayer. He knows something's happening. And, you know, so I just, I want to encourage the listeners out there. When you get into a difficult situation, you said it at the very beginning, you really didn't want to pray for her, but you felt like it was what God was calling you to do. There are plenty of times where I don't want to pray, but God is urging through the Holy Spirit. He's urging for us to pray. And when we do on the other side of, you know, that fear or that, that, uh, what, what are they going to say? You know, there is a release that happens in the spiritual, in the supernatural that, that God wanted to partner with us for. So I think it's very exciting and uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing, you know, fruit of, you know, hospitals across America, you know, saying, hey, we want you to read this book because, you know, this is somebody, she's one of us. She has, has been a, a trainer and an educator. She knows what she's talking about. And she's tapped into something that we need to tap into. You know, I, I told you about my friend, the nurse the other day uh, who was in my small group. And, and I saw her Saturday at a birthday party. And I said, hey, um, this book just came out. You need to read it. I think you'll love it. She's like, oh, I, I'll order it right now. So she pre-ordered on Saturday. Um, you know, so she's excited to read it. And the, the more you know, nurses and doctors that I run into, you know, I'm going to continue to let them know that this is out there for them so that they can be encouraged and that we can see things start to shift. Because if the body of Christ does not stand up for what they believe in, they'll continue to be shoved down into a corner, told to be quiet, and that nobody wants or needs what they have to offer. And that's just not true. So I think it's really important what you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing it because I think if I had known about it sooner, I think it would have just uh, looked back and it could have really made a difference in so many parts of my life. And I know that we're all on a journey and God uses us at all different times. So, um, but I, I'm just glad I get to, you know, use what gifts he's given me to just share with other people. And if I can help in any small way, then, then I've done what he's asked me to do. Well, I, I think that it's important, again, that people realize that you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, until you know something, you don't know it. So, you know, it's once you get educated, it's once you become aware of of a, a different way or a solution, you know, then you've got the opportunity. OK, I've, I've, I've learned of this new method. I've learned of this new uh, you know, opportunity that, that I could help somebody. Then you got a choice. You know, now I am aware do I step into this or, you know, is this too scary for me? And and I just think that there's a hurting and broken world that desperately needs to see the body of Christ rise up and pray for people the way that Jesus intended. And then we'll start to see the revival that so many people want to see. The revival starts with us. You know, we get to start revival in our hearts and in our lives and our families and our homes. And from there, it can spread to other people. But when we do what we're called to do, then we can see, you know, a lot of good take place. I, I still think that our best days are ahead until Jesus comes back, you know, until we are with him in heaven. We've got, like you said, multiple times, we've got purpose on this planet. There's something that we're created to do that only we can do. And we got to walk in that. So. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. So how can people learn more about you and, and how can they order the book or learn more about the book? What, what does that look like? Um, so my publisher is Crosslinks Publishing Company, and uh, you could buy it directly from there. But it's, of course, on sold through all of the book vendors, um, large book companies such as like Barnes and Nobles and Books a Million and, um, of course, Amazon. Um, there's a nice little information section on Amazon about that. And um, I do have a LinkedIn page and I have Instagram and Facebook um, as well. Okay. Awesome. And is it just Jennifer Butner on all of those sites? Um, yes. So if you just look up Jennifer Butner, you can, you can find me on those sites. Well, Jennifer, it's been an honor to have you here today. We really appreciate you just sharing your story and, and just encouraging our listeners and, and try it. You know, if, if you are a nurse and you're out there and you're wondering, uh, does this work? Try it. You know, that the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody is going to get blessed by you caring for them in a way that they may not have seen before. And best case scenario, they get healed. Hallelujah. So uh, thank you for being here. And uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, we hope that you will share it with somebody else. If, if you know people in the medical field that need to, to have this type of encouragement, please share it with them. Uh, and then also you can follow us on Facebook living life on purpose and then also living life on purpose always on instagram so we appreciate you listening we will catch you again in two weeks 